Hello there, and welcome, one and all, to our star... I promise not to do that every time, but welcome to our Obi-Wan Part 3 uh, reaction, review, breakdown, recap, etc. We are joined once again this week by our good friend Ace Cabrera, squad leader Ace, wherever, uh, you know, social medias are sold. Uh, very knowledgeable in terms of the galaxy far, far away, Schmodown champ in the Intergeekdom Star Wars division. Uh, great guy, all around, just did Star Wars Celebration, hosted his own panel, packed the room uh love having him around so yeah if you go on uh if you're on the social medias go find him send him some love but uh this episode man this was quite striking this was definitely i think each of our favorites thus far and uh you know excited to see where the 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 series goes from here it's funny we're halfway through <laughs> you know even though it just started last week you know them dropping two episodes and then moving up to wednesdays in the schedule uh you know it, it feels like wow we're we're already waist-deep in this thing, but anyhow, uh, I'll, I'll stop babbling and we'll get to our thoughts. Appreciate you joining us. If you want to check out the full-length watch-along, sync up with your own copy, come on over to patreon.com slash therealrejects. You can join us there for Obi-Wan, as well as Stranger Things 4 and a bunch, a bunch of other shows, uh, both with reaction highlights on YouTube, as well as exclusive reaction highlights and watch-alongs for Patreon subscribers, and then... Uh, also, if you want to check out the reaction highlights with footage included and all that good stuff, come on over to youtube.com slash the real rejects. Anyway, I have spoken enough and I'll speak again, but let's hop into that review. Roll the intro. Oh. Damn. That was so ah. shit. Damn. That was great. I really, so I, 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 that was a great one. That yeah. was a great episode. It only took four people to write that yep. one. That was a really great episode, yeah. Yeah, best one so far. Yeah. This was so. the show I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know you love so. everything and anything Star Wars, but this is the episode I was like, yeah, this is the show I've been watching right here. I still love the first one, but this is this is another great one. Yeah, it's not, it's not another level in me. Now this As compared is to the other two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Vivian Leonard Flair. Moses Singh Group. Sun Kane constantly saying his lines differently every time. Oh, snap. She's Raya Kilstead from... Uh... Zach Braff. <laughs> is that who that was? Yeah, I can hear it now. Yeah. James Earl Jones. That's great, James Earl Jones. And Hayden Christensen, maybe in the suit. Maybe. Hey, hey, Pedro Pascal's barely on that set. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, was more so, FaceTime in um, this season. Director of photography. That's uh, the Korean guy. I forgot what movie he did, but that's why it looks so cool, because he was yeah, uh, he was the one they the they hired years ago. Man, I'm gonna look him up right now if that's okay with you guys. Um, whoa, whoa! It's whoa. not like we it's not like we're gonna jump cut here. All research <laughs> must be within your brain. All right. No, that's not him. <laughs> we'll come back with that information whoa. in five, four, three. No, definitely not. Two, five, four, three. What? All right, gang, dudes, my dudes. That was a. A really satisfying episode. This is the exact show I wanted to be. I'm covering cat hair right now. I just had a cat on me a moment ago. Um, but I thought this was really gripping. 
this was exceptionally gripping. Uh, watching Vader at this more brutal standpoint is something that I wanted. I just want them to go even harder. That's what I found myself doing. Like, go harsher. Drag them through. Blow their heads up. <laughs> like, do, do something gnarly. Pop make their it heads like the boys. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, make it like the boys. <laughs> make it like the boys. Just go bananas, man. I want to see, like, that version of Vader. And I love this. You know, we've seen aggressive Vader. Um, in terms of li live action, we've seen, like, aggressive Vader, mournful Vader. But this is, like, rageful Vader. Yeah. I really like it a lot. Kind of like uh, Rogue One, right? It felt like the Rogue One A little scene. bit. Well, they had the Rogue One fight, but it, yes. more than just a fight. Like, when he's talking to Reva or just True. going through the town True. and torturing innocent people just yeah. to, like, want that... I want that Obi-Wan that rise out of him. Give me Obi-Wan, you know. Come on out. Like the crooked, the crooked bad boy coming through town. <laughs> the uh the next snap, the force next snap Thought was so cool. cool. Yeah. So cool. It's like some stranger thing shit right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I want to see like more of that. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, even McGregor just keeps killing it. Mm. But really quick, while we're on Vader. What I loved about the Vader performance is like, yeah, getting James Earl's Jones voice. James Earl's James Earl James's Earl's James's Jones's Earl's Jones's voice back. Um how, it's like getting that performance. Uh, but you can still feel hey, I don't know if it's Hayden Christensen always underneath it, but you can still feel that version of Anakin Skywalker. Like when you watch, you know, the original trilogy, you don't really get a sense of, you know, the of of a Hayden Christensen underneath the suit. Um, or a Hayden Christensen type even. Yet here you can feel that and it, it elevates it that much more. And I love the way they capture him here because this is the first time you see Vader caught in this kind of camera movement. Like a lot of this just feels like raw, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of those are handheld, handheld, simple landscapes yeah. at times. Um, it feels like when you watch those fan films that, and this is, I mean this complimentary wise, because you could, depending on the, the tone or slang and how you say it, when you say fan film, that can sound like an insult. I mean it complimentary wise of when you watch those great fan films, those gripping ones, and you're like, damn, this would be a cool thing. Why, why doesn't Disney do shit like this? And then this is the stuff where I'm like, dad, that's what I want to see more of that. You know, like when he's torturing Obi-Wan in the fire, like he just, it's been 10 years. He's just like, I hate my life. I don't want to, I need to punish this guy for what he's done to me. Um, it's awesome stuff. Ace, what happened? Who won second last time? You, Ace, you go second. This is go, Ace. Oh, I go first. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah Vader was incredible. <laughs> I mean, the idea of Vader touching down and getting his hands dirty and doing the dirty work and not just leaving it to Riva and the Inquisitors was a really cool concept, too. I love seeing Vader in this terrain, something that we've never seen before, or at least not in like canon. Uh, we've never seen Vader like touchdown on the planet like this before. We've obviously seen him in Hoth when he came down there for that brief moment, which is a cool moment on Empire Strikes Back. And then for the rest of pretty much the original trilogy, we see Vader on ships yeah. and on different like general, Star Destroyers. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't really see him touch down too many times unless it's like a video game or something. So that was really cool for me. Uh, seeing the lighting of the light did you, i don't know if you guys caught but the lighting oh, yeah. of the lightsaber oh, was yeah. really cool it's like it illuminates this this just their specific like yeah. little surrounding this like circle that we're in the circumference we're in yeah uh to finish my point that i was saying at the end of the video chung uh chung kung chung 
uh, who is the DP for Old Boy, DP for The Handmaiden. Uh, he did Last Night in Soho. He did a lot of other movies, but he is a very, very good DP. That's why this episode looked like shit. Yeah, that's that why sense. it looked incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, that I really am convinced that that's why it looks so good because we have a veteran uh, director of photography yeah. doing the majority of the shots. So I felt like that came out quite a bit when it came to the lighting and the shot selection. Yeah, but freaking Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor's performance, like when he. When, it, when the first time he sees uh, Anakin, or he thinks he sees Anakin because he's kind of like tripping balls on his whole realization of, because he's, he, this whole time he's thought he's killed him, you know? And living with the pain of that and everything surrounding him is just a reminder of that. This whole, the whole, even though he thought Anakin was dead, the birth of what the Empire is, he feels, I, I imagine that he feels like partially responsible for, for it, for never having had the foresight to prevent Anakin from going down that path and what it led to and all that. So the first time he sees him and then when he senses him when they're in, what's that planet called that they're in at the end? Oh, Mapuza? Mapuza? Mapuza. Mario Puzo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then that the, that distorted sidewinding shot of him it just looks like he's about to faint. Like just getting hit with the presence of Anakin. Like he could just feel it, sensing it. Um, trying to hand this off to you without taking over uh, John it's all good stuff. they've done a, no I think they've done a, I think my perhaps favorite thread that they've put into the tone of this show is that amount of foreboding and dread and viciousness or monstrousness that comes off of basically the the entire dark side presence here and even to, I, I'll include the Obi-Wan because there was such a buildup with, you know, the igniting of his lightsaber. But two, I mean, we, we remarked on the previous episodes how much they're not going hog wild with lightsaber stuff. They're really making those things, you know, they're, they're, they're making them rewarding by building them up in such a way where at first when, like, you have Reva and him squaring off, it's just like this monstrous buzzing force. And then here you have all that buildup to them finally clashing together. And, yeah, this onset of of dread and of just disturbance within that comes with the arrival and the presence of Vader. Like, I like the subtle hints There's of... There's been a disturbance in the, the force. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way... I, I, I believe... I can't remember where I, where I heard this clarification, but I think it's in one of the, like, the novelization of Revenge of the Sith where they say, like, you know, Obi-Wan left it to the force as to whether Anakin would live or die there. And I like that you have this sort of question. It's like, yeah, he assumes he's probably dead, but he doesn't know for certain, and there's almost, like, this ghost story um, uh, mixed with a little hint of just demonic <laughs> presence that comes with the entire situation surrounding Anakin and I think the way that they captured him here really it's like you said it, it puts you there in a lot of different ways partly due to the handheld nature partly peering through the flames they do a lot really nicely with foreground obstruction to make it feel like you are really there looking at this you know person and also too seeing somebody like obi-wan who we have such an association with being this warm safe presence much like the force says he describes here is actually not is actually completely sort of on his heels and is you know terrified in a way of what is coming and i like even though they're not making a huge big deal out of it directly that yeah there is so much disturbance within obi-wan right now i mean that's one of the the main highlight of the show for me i mean it's been like vader being badass the whole time every time vader's there 
you know, like Freaking Invaders uh, castle. Oh, my God. oh, so cool. I have to talk about that because that was so cool. I mean, the idea of just like zooming in on the lava and then working its way up to the camera working its way up to Vader's castle, and obviously we know about Vader's castle. We saw it in Rogue One as well, but it's it's seeing it again and seeing more of the inside of it and seeing the throne room, which looks incredible, which has a view of all of Mustafar in the back almost like he wants to like remember and almost like you know remind himself of what happened and what he is and how he became what he was it's been a motive for of his this entire time yeah, yeah. It, it really is kind of this crazy concept of like the most traumatic moment in his life is also when he became who he is now which is vader and he almost wants to live in that moment and live in that planet and it, it's just a really cool set design. It's a really cool concept to see that invader. I think that's what's making Vader so compelling this time around, more than before for me, because Vader's always been great. But what makes him especially compelling is that he's a character. You could feel all the pain and the tortured soul underneath the suit this time around, where normally it's like you had Hayden Christensen's performance, and then Darth Vader was just, you know, badass <laughs> yeah, for, uh, I mean there was other shades that you began like Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi of course but here this is like a real tumultuous performance here and then you back that with Obi-Wan's resigned performance the or Ewan McGregor's what and, and by the way you know I know I was like a little bit critical of the actress who played Leia before because it just uh, more of the writing of the character because I had a feeling it had something more to do with that uh, but I thought Leia was actually really great this episode. I really thought she was great. And, and I like that we got more shades of her. She felt way more human and not just like, you know, uh, precocious child actor. <laughs> like she, she felt like a real human character. And I, I really sympathize for her. I just want to throw that out there really fast. But um, well, curious to get um, anyone's thoughts on this one. The lightsaber fight here. Because I think what a lot of people might be expecting is, you know, like Revenge of the Sith had one of the most epic balls to the wall <laughs> like a lightsaber fight that just went on for like 45 minutes it was like just a crazy choreographed fight and that's not what we're gonna get um I, I, maybe something close to that maybe down the road but of course not the beginning and i, I thought what was cool about this reintroduction of it because we were all like when's obi-wan going to ignite his lightsaber and so much about uh you know when discussing the force is so much about feeling you know and when he sees Obi, uh, Darth Vader for the first, when he sees him, he's confronted with Darth Vader, you know, it's like he whip, he holds up the handle of the lightsaber. Or what do you call it? Not the handle. What is that called? The hilt. The hilt. That's what it's called. Good word. Uh, the hilt of the lightsaber. And we think he's going to ignite it, but he doesn't. And then he gets that instinctual feeling eventually and does it without thinking. And that to me is more, as opposed to making this big grandiose moment of when he does ignite it, that's more authentic and in line with what they with what they talk about with the force. And I liked the fight because it was so emotionally taunting versus crazy choreography. Like Vader just exuded power and dominance over him the whole time. It was just like kind of bullying him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you watch Obi-Wan struggle and he even makes that remark, like, wow, you really are in bad shape, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Which you get the sense almost like, even even though, I mean, his goal obviously is to bring him in and have, you know, whatever, you know, uh, way he wants to punish him, I almost feel like there's a small hint of like, I mean, can't bring you in like this. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta rise to the occasion a little more for the history that we both share. But two, I mean, just the way that they, like you said before, the way that they enhance the colors. Like, I love 
as much as people gripe about the shows on Disney Plus, especially being you know very desert oriented and whatnot, I thought it was nice to have this fight take place in sort of a neutral ground. From you know the last famous fight was obviously Mustafar lava. Here is we have the crystalline version of that, just sand. But you also have the darkness with which the actual glow can illuminate things and I love the fact that they let so much of that play in just the sound effects and in that glowing because you have those two striking strong complementary colors which is cool from a filmmaking standpoint because you know they had to light that put the lightsabers in after but it's also just a great visual color representation of the clash at hand yeah I mean the lighting is obviously amazing when it comes to the fight itself it's interesting because I keep thinking about timeline wise as far as what they're going to do i'm pretty sure they're doing two seasons right is that what they said for this uh, I, I have no idea i thought this was just a, a or it could be series, a, it could be a one-off but but my thing is and, like and or two seasons okay so my thing is like eventually we're gonna get to a point where we see a much more improved obi-wan um because obviously i, I keep going back to the line from a new hope but it's important because it's it's a very famous line <laughs> from a new hope as far as implying that you know last time we faced you know you were you were the master but now i'm the master um so he was says I, i'm but the learner but you are the master um so for me it's Make like sure to get that shit i know Fact I, I, messed check. It up, asshole. <laughs> I messed the whole thing up right now uh but for me it's more like you know eventually we are going to get an obi-wan who is a little bit more confident in who he is and his abilities and again if you've seen Rebels, you've seen that scene with Darth Maul, which eventually shows that he is much more connected to the Force than he is now, which obviously he's very much out of shape and not there. But it still was a cool, like, brief moment. It was very one-sided, but it was still, like, a cool, like, little brief moment of, like, teasing what could be as far as if once Obi-Wan is, like, you know, in God mode. Well, I think what they're doing with Obi-Wan that I find really really cool like it really started to click with me in this episode because yeah we will get that obi-wan and we just have to would it make sense if we didn't get it of obi-wan down that road and we have to see his arc um because right now he is so like he is so there's so much destitute he is so resigned and he doesn't want he's like snapping at leia left and right over anything that's like hey this might be a positive thing no nothing's positive everything's evil in this world you know it's like, a bleak dark world <laughs> yeah, everything that happens he just snaps um he's lost all hope uh, basically for anything good because he's a shattered guy right now and this is slowly putting him on little paths where he can regain that light uh, like you, with the metaphor he talked about where like are you scared of the dark and then the light comes on and you feel safe and he's slowly get, getting that light back in him from interacting with Leia and then seeing um, the, the the path is what it's called the, yeah yeah the, the yeah the where, they, where they find like four sensitive kids and or, or like help help get people out of there it's Help like smuggle uh, you know it's yeah. like the underground railroad you know for Jedi. <laughs> yeah um so Jedi sympathizers yeah so they have uh so like seeing that and then seeing who else has crossed paths there what's so neat is that he's obviously so traumatized by his experience that happened with anakin skywalker that through confronting through having to confront vader through having to you know go through these altercations with him again this experience is what's going to get him to be back in tune with the force you know facing his darkest thing ever is going to be the thing that brings him the light again <laughs> and I, I love that and it just has to go that path and i'm okay knowing that or at least 
having a good guest as to that <laughs> and i'm okay with that because that's just a beautiful story to tell and 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 it does it does reestablish as it necessitates as a gap for obi-wan for a live action that we haven't gotten from prequels to modern day trilogy you know yeah, and I feel like a lot of it too is going to come back to Qui Gon, which we keep getting teased uh, throughout the entire season. So far, we've had three episodes, and I think he's mentioned him in all three episodes. Definitely, he's and talked I, to him. Yeah, or tried to. I <laughs> tried to him yeah. in, the, in the Attack of the Clones: Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> but but I feel like that's important because I think that's going to help him connect to his next chapter and his next step obviously you know force ghost but also just connecting to the force in general when it comes to his abilities and when it comes to his contact with the force um and obviously overcoming anakin and overcoming who he is as vader and and i i think i don't know i think coming to terms with it right because i feel like by a new hope he's come to terms with like oh definitely anakin's gone this is vader now i have to you know be at peace with that and, and it's I, not all on me. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like a lot of that's going to come from Qui-Gon. Well, I think he probably... I mean, Qui-Gon left him with the respo- the role to, I'm dying, you gotta... This guy's the chosen one. You gotta put him on the path. And he, prob- he probably feels like he completely failed Qui-Gon. And uh, that also haunts him. That's why I love uh, Ewan McGregor's performance here, because... You know, I know there's a lot of... Cl- not, I don't want to get into this whole debate about The Last Jedi. I'm sick of that fucking conversation. And there's a lot of debating about, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker and all that and how he was portrayed. And they do something kind of similar here, but we can it it all makes sense based off of everything we know that came before the show. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> like, it it really, t- this guy totally would be in this spot in his life at this point. Yeah, based on what we know, that's a very fluid decision <laughs> rather than, a oh, 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 that's a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and two, just like I loved watching him and and the young actress who plays Leia like go back and forth too. Like there was so such natural interplay between them. I, that, like you brought up before, I think that really helped to kind of bring everything together for that performance too. What do you think about Ace specifically? What do you think? How do you feel about the Inquisitors? Because they're I, I like I was excited about the Inquisitors. I'm not a big fan of the way they're being portrayed. To be totally honest, I mean I feel like they're. They, they feel like they're part of the part of the cartoon to me. You know? Yeah, but the, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what they're made for. I don't think they've ever necessarily been the most badass. Yeah, the really yeah. bad necessarily. Yeah. I, I don't think they've ever been in, in any kind of media that they've been in. Unless it's Grand Inquisitor season one of Rebels, that kind of felt like a big deal. But, you know, the other Inquisitors from there on were always like in teams and tag teams or like in trios, which kind of make it felt like... You know, if they were so imposing, you know, one of them could be a big deal, but it's always in groups. I, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like they're fulfilling the role that they are tasked with. And I feel like they're doing a pretty good job with that, so. I feel like I'm in the minority of people who, I've enjoyed Reva thus far. and I, I did feel, too, I do too. Yeah, and I feel I like. in this episode. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like the part of it is that, yeah, I, I feel like the rest of the Inquisitors are a bit, you know, like, uh, Sun Kang talks really slow. And uh, King late... says every what which brother is he again? Fifth brother? Not the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um Sung Kang, he says every line the same. Every line. Every line is the same. It's a lot like this. And it takes 
a long time to get them all out. And so, yeah, like, I, I feel like, in a, in a way, I'm like, okay, that almost does feel like a choice. And yeah, the rest of them are kind of bickery and self-serving and power-hungry. And Reva has a purpose beyond all that and a connection to Anakin. I just think her presence... I, I believe the menace in her presence, or at least like the seething anger that guides her. She's not as scary as Darth Vader, but them together, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little threatened by them. Like when she tracks down Leia, I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> you know, like, whereas if it had been Sun Kang, I'd be like, hey, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Know? Leia can take Sun Kang. <laughs> yeah. Not, not to slight Han or anything. <laughs> how, how do you feel? I mean, I liked Reva. I've, I've been uh, back and forth on her performance specifically, but I liked her here. On this particular, I, I liked everything about this episode. But what did you think about? What do you think is going on with the Grand Inquisitor here? Do you think that they're just like this is a thing that kind of mapped out with Vader to get to elevate the others? Yeah, I feel like this is just another like while this guy is out of commission kind of thing. We'll, we'll we can make a new Grand Inquisitor if you fulfill the task and if you prove that you're better than this guy. But Vader's got to know he's not dead. Yeah, 100%. 100% for sure. I just feel like he's taking advantage of his, like, <laughs> leave of absence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the Grand Inquisitor off. was supposed to go on vacation yeah, anyway. Exactly. They were like, we'll come up with this ruse. That way Reva yeah. can really rise to the ranks. Ruse one. <laughs> ruse one. <laughs> his, uh, his suspension. He's been suspended for a couple of months. He's been so, written up. Yeah. He's, you know, while he's out, we need a new Grand Inquisitor to fill the role. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what it is. And, and it's funny because I actually kind of like that scene because it's also very original trilogy Vader, especially Empire definitely. Strikes Back, where he's always trying to promote the next guy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. He did it like three times. <laughs> uh, Admiral Piet, shout out to Admiral Piet. Um, but it's this idea. Admiral Piet! <laughs> Yo, Piet, that's my boy. Uh, Some guy out there with an Admiral Piet t shirt is just shedding a single tear. <laughs> But I feel like that's uh, that's what Vader does, right? He's always kind of like the big boss, promoting people and demoting people and killing people if they do a bad job. And it's like a running that was like a running joke in Empire. Like he kept like killing off people and he kept like promoting them. And I, I feel like this is kind of what he's doing now with Riva. Just the uh, worst manager for yeah. the Empire. <laughs> All I know how to do is promote or kill. I don't know how to empower a team or create synergy. He kind of is. I don't know what I'm doing, guys. I'm just winging this. <laughs> Lord Vader over here. <laughs> it's, it's Darth Vader. Can I go to the bathroom? No! No! <laughs> Stay on the assembly line. I will squeeze your bladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stranger stars. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't really have anything more to add, but is there anything... I mean, the shout-out to Quinlan Voss, that was cool. Um, you know, a, a you, Jedi you, who... you were trying to refresh my memory between takes, and I was like, I do... Because re- I saw Clone Wars once. Yes. Really quick watch. Yeah. The only time I took my time was the final season. Um, that was the time I, I, I loved the final season, but I would, like, binge the shit, and then I just took my time in the final season. But I'm like, so much of it is a blur to me now. Yeah. So I don't even, like... I'm like, that sounds so familiar. I don't even remember Quinlan Voss. Yeah, Quinlan Voss, um, obviously Clone Wars. A lot in the comics, if you guys are in the comics. Um, he teamed up with Obi-Wan to take on Cad Bane. That was a cool fight scene from from Clone Wars 2. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a connection to Ventress, if anyone is Damn, connected really? to that. So, if anyone knows about that. Ventress dead, right? Hmm? She's dead by this point, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. 
Too bad. I like Ventress. I feel like we can get Calcastus now. Ooh, yes, because uh, this takes around the same time period, too. I think so. As far as Jedi Fallen Order 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, that's what this, this whole thing with the path was, like, making me go, oh, shit, man. It really feels like we're seeing the Inquisitors, which feels fucked out of Jedi Fallen Order. And then, which is not... But anyway, but yeah, but generally you have that, and then you have, uh, and then the thing with the path. I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting Jedi Fallen Order vibes right now. <laughs> Calcastus passed through there at some point. <laughs> it would be great if we got Calcastus. He's so that uh, such a cool character. And then they announced Jedi Fallen Order too, and you know how Disney is; they're trying to line all their shit up. So yeah, I feel like they, that would be great if we can get Calcastus in there. I think that would just make fans lose their shit. That's like the next stage, right? Like we, we're getting cartoon characters brought to life. Now let's get the video game characters. That'd be amazing. It'd be a really cool like. You know, shout out to anyone who plays the video games because I feel like that's a, you know, media that doesn't really get acknowledged too, too much. And I also want to say really fast, um, even though I've been critical of Riva's performance, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's black. I've been watching, I went on uh, social media, talking about heavy spoilers about this, and apparently I've just been so blind. We were talking about this before we filmed. I was like, apparently I've been so, because you've known about it for months, I've been so blind to all this like crazy amount of, sometimes people say it's racism when it's like, now people are being, some people are just critical of stuff. And then there's the other part where people are just saying straight up racist shit, full on racist shit. And that shit just, I don't know why we're still there with a lot of the fan base in Star Wars like it's just fucking bananas to me that we can what is it supposed to be like just a bunch of aliens robots and white people <laughs> like you see these yes <laughs> that's that's kind of what they want yeah it's fucking ridiculous and um I, I I'm rooting for Moses it's maybe root for Moses Ingram that much more because mm-hmm. you'll see these some of these YouTubers thumbnails of the shit they say on them I would couldn't believe it and uh, I think it's just so uh, such a shame and fucking disgusting. And um, and for all people. you Star Wars fans out there who think you're on the rebel side when you're doing shit like yeah. that, maybe reconsider your entire moral compass. I'm not talking about people who don't like the character or, or like who are just like I don't like the character. Or I'm not a big fan of the performance. That's like a completely different conversation. There is some straight up racism out there, and that shit just needs to end, man. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel like it's it's been a part of Star Wars, obviously, for for a while now. It really stood out a lot when it came to The Force Awakens uh, and, and John Boyega's character. Uh, there came this huge wave of online criticism towards any co-lead, not even lead, like just co-lead black character that was a part of the Star Wars franchise. And this stuff with Moses Ingram... I really encourage people, if you aren't a fan of the character or if you are a little bit more critical of the performance, to, to try and, and, and not just give it a chance, but to try and reconsider perspectives on what comes from that, right? Is your perspective coming from a place of watching the show or is your perspective coming from any of these online videos that you may be watching? Because I do feel like that has an influence and these online creators who have a negative platform create that negative atmosphere and can create a negative perspective. That's kind of what happened with The Last Jedi. Sorry, guys. Um, A lot of people came out of the movie theater and they were like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then they saw videos and they're like, I don't like it anymore. Um, In fact, I hate it. Yeah, and I felt like I I ran into so many people who who reacted like that. 
And when it comes to this, I, for one, have always been outspoken as far as uh, racist Star Wars fans, which is a, a, a part of the, f you know, the franchise and the fans. And I feel like people saying that we shouldn't acknowledge or we should ignore this. I, I don't think ignoring it is the way to go. I think acknowledging it, pointing it out and condemning it is the way to go and as much as we want to say that the majority of the fan base is not racist we should still acknowledge that there is a lot that are racist and they are very vocal and very persuasive uh so i really do encourage people to defend moses anytime you get a chance to really just stand up and to be on the right side of this because come on guys this has been way too long and we cannot be standing for this so yeah yeah, and I mean, not every time a person who's not a white person shows up is some kind of mathematical, you know, attempt Maybe to white man too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, white man. It's like if it's anybody other than that, there's some kind of reason for uproar. And sometimes it's just like, hey, different kinds of people exist and could fill various roles. And if you want a diverse galaxy that really feels like it's of another world where there's tons and tons and tons of people and and species overlapping. What's the problem? <laughs> it's it's I hate the I, I just hate this part. Like we make a lot of jokes uh, about that side of the of that vocal part of the internet that screams woke culture and everything. <laughs> you know, uh, we make we make a lot of like satirical jokes about that. But truthfully, the reason we make a lot of jokes is that shit just honestly annoys the fuck out of me. It, it just it pisses me off that the second they hear of of somebody it, that suddenly there's an agenda yeah. when i'm like not one part of this show has made re about reva being black to begin with like yeah, it doesn't even it's not even the point of the character it's not like they're making some social commentary about it that's the thing it's like it's like wait for the text of the thing you're complaining about to actually be disingenuous in trying to incorporate some kind of progressive message before just decrying oh my god they're ruining my favorite whatever and for what star wars is about to be to have racism like of a fan surrounding it is is like anti Star Wars to me. It's the most yeah. anti Star Wars thing. Yeah. I don't know how many times I have to say that if you are very much anti, you know, progress, anti progressive, anti seeing diversity, then you are anti Star Wars. Sorry, it's not Star Wars. You're with the Empire. You're the Imperial. What the Empire's representing? Star Wars has always been about overcoming this empirical standpoint of seeing everything uniform and everything one way. The whole point of the rebellion and having freaking characters like Lando be the one to take out the second Death Star uh, with a freaking Sullustin in Nine Nub was to show these two guys who are communicating in different languages and still taking down the most powerful machine on the planet. That's, that's a very very progressive moment in Star Wars and I feel like George Lucas if you know anything about George Lucas or have oh, read yeah. up anything on him you will know that that is exactly what he's trying to communicate so again that's not Star Wars yeah I don't I wasn't planning on bringing that up but just came out of you. <laughs> like, this is a thing that's happening. The everywhere. only people allowed to vanquish my space Nazis are other white people. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna say. I think it needs to be said. <laughs> I, well, the, I, I mean, the last thing I'll say is I think is the odd part about it is people I don't think often realize. That's the thing with like a lot of real racism is they don't realize that they're being racist. They just think it's a point of view they have about a certain thing. 
without realizing, and then they blame like agenda, virtue signaling, something else without them realizing, oh wait, I'm actually being pretty racist about this right now, especially with the fact that I just said a racist thing right now, because <laughs> a lot of it has been very overt in, in, in the way it's been said about her. That so much of the Star Wars freaking social media had to come out and say something. I was like, because yeah, it, it, it was pretty bad. Um, oh yeah, that tweet from the actual Star Wars. Yeah, account, was, yeah. no, there was some like really nasty. When I, once I saw like YouTube thumbnails saying shit, I was like, oh no, this is ridiculous. Anyway, guys, um, if you're not one of those people, subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Just lost like we go under a million subs. <laughs> like how many people were there? A lot of racist subscribers. <laughs> It's I mean, weird. They must have all thought know. you were white. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. No, that is. This is a Star Wars video. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I'd rather put that out, put that honest thought out there and lose subs if that means we can get, wean out some of those people. Um, uh, but then when the camera's not rolling, oh my God, the numbers are down. Oh no. no. We have no. to go back. No. <laughs> right. World culture's ruining everything. Everyone. No good comments about Reva from now on, guys, okay? No, we're talking about Reva. <laughs> If you do have to talk about Reva, it's complaints only. <laughs> All right, we got to do a patron of the day shout. Hey. <laughs> Chris Wamoff, coming in at the last minute of May. Thank you so much for pledging to our Patreon page again, buddy. It's been a while since I've heard of you, but I feel like it's really fitting to shout you out on Obi-Wan because, let's face it, if there was someone who really, really, really didn't actually have the feelings to help out someone but was asked to and would do it because they were asked to because they knew it would be the right thing to do it's 100 percent you <laughs> there's no one just that good a no, guy you're just that good a guy you you do more community service work than anyone i know that includes not just people at patreon but anyone i know in real life too mm. so chris it's great to have a so like yours at our patreon page don't don't have enough people like you in my life so uh, i'm grateful that you would support us for as long as you have and uh thank you for being you man and um i hope one day we can meet in person where you'll treat us to dinner because <laughs> we're not you and we are stingy i don't like to spend more than like ten dollars on another person on myself i'll spend boatloads but on another person not much money but for for us you know like i, I know you'll treat us good man i know you'll i know you'll go in the negatives for us i know you'll max out that credit card we deserve your charity so thank you chris for willing to go broke to support us people who don't need your money but will gladly just take it because we're us we're and you're you chris love you buddy <laughs>